Hello, good evening, and welcome to the latest episode of the MagiCast. Welcome to episode 172. I'm your host, Scott Monroe, and a happy holidays and a happy new year. Welcome to the first episode of 2023. Apologies for the lack of episodes at the end of 2022. As you probably can sound in my voice and a bit nasally, I managed to contract... Contract? Yeah. First, first uh, botch of 2023, I managed to get COVID for a second time after recording the podcast with one of our guests for today's episode. Uh, and it's, it left me feeling a little bit worse for it, but I am, I am all good. And today is the first day in about two, three weeks I actually feel normal. Today is an episode which we were talking about a review of 2022. And with me today, I have someone who I recorded a podcast which was the last podcast of 2022, all the way from Canada. Joey, how are you? Good. How are you, Scott? I'm a lot. I'm a lot better than I was after the last podcast we did. We recorded what for almost an hour and a half on the day that France knocked out England at the World Cup. Um, but yeah, all good. Did you have a good Christmas and a uh, happy New Year. Yeah, it was great. Uh, it was great to have time off. How about you? Yeah, uh, I have tomorrow off, uh, so I'm looking forward to that. I wanted to get the day of Epiphany off but uh, to watch about eight games of football, but I will be watching Roma Bologna on a delay after I finish work. So it's not it's not the end of the world, but I might try and watch it without knowing the result about 6pm UK time and just probably cry in a corner after Roma <laughs> have about four shots on target. But no, uh, our second guest is the producer and it's been a long time coming i don't think he's been on for a while sam all the way in sunny florida happy 2023 did you have a good christmas um, yeah hello everyone yes yes yeah. so was you know a lot of family time a little little traveling um not very cold over here as we were talking pre-pod uh, nice Pit weather bay. Um, we had a little, we had a, actually our Christmas and Christmas day here in South Florida, a temperature <laughs> dropped into like the fifties. It was beautiful. Um, so I think it went back up, right? But no, everything great, family, a little traveling, but, uh, excited to have Roma back. You know, it feels like forever since we watched, uh, the last match. Uh, yeah. Happy to be here with you and Joey. Was it? No, oh, and then I gotta say tomorrow, tomorrow, Jan- yes. we're recording this podcast January 2nd, tomorrow, January 3rd is a 12th year anniversary Ooh. of Magicas. I was going to bring yeah, that congratulations. Out. Out there. Yeah, 12 year birthday tomorrow. Uh, the guys, Greg, Julian and Alex, I think they recorded straight after, was it Roma Catania? Maybe in 2010 after the winter break and the epiphany, it may have been that, or it may be in another game. I may be thinking a year ahead, but um, no, but yeah, it's a very special day in the La Magia cast for tomorrow. We recorded on the 2nd of January. Um, <clears throat> Roma do play Bologna on Wednesday on epiphany. I think it's a half past three kickoff UK time, half past four local kickoff that there's i think seria has got all 10 games already spread out with the <clears throat> the lunchtime kickoff the early afternoon kickoff all the way through to the late evening kickoff so if you you've got if you've got wednesday off you could probably watch a good five or six games back to back to back on a, on wednesday but that is a topic for another another podcast we're going to be reviewing 2022 where roman won the first trophy since 2008, uh, they managed to win the Conference League. Uh, I put a tweet out on, or oh, I want to say, was it Tuesday? Oh, yeah, it was. It was Saturday evening, uh, and one of our guests replied back. 
we'll put happy new year we're hoping to record a monday evening if you have a, a favorite moment of 2022 send it across we got one from uh one of our guests today we also got one from danny uh at di underscore ellie wishing us a happy new year happy new, happy new year to you danny but joey you said your favorite moment of the year was the barla signing and unveiling uh, yeah, it go, was. You still go with that? Not the Conference League win, but the just the, the bar, the signing overall? Yeah, uh, call me crazy, Scott, but I, I I actually cheered more when they signed Dybala <laughs> than when they won the Conference League. So, I mean, don't get me wrong, the trophy was, was great. Uh, you, you know, it's the first trophy since the Coppa Italia. It's been uh, 14 years. So uh, I, I enjoyed it, but signing Dybala just it kind of just showed me another step forward for this team that they want to get better they want to grow and they want to be a team that consistently fights for uh trophies and to participate in Champions League so far so good from him apart from the injuries I think he's been the core to Roma at the moment when he's on the pitch it Roma look a different team and I imagine you would agree when he was out injured for a little bit after the Lecce game, Roma really suffered. When he's when he's fit and firing, and thank God he didn't play that much in the World Cup because a, a part of me was thinking he's going to get injured at the World Cup and Roma are really going to suffer. But I think he only played a little bit in the semi-final, maybe the final. He scored a penalty in the penalty shootout, but hopefully he's fit and raring to go on Wednesday. Do you, would you agree, Joe, that him firing, we see a, a different Roma to what we what we've missed probably in for the latter half of october and november oh definitely and for people that you know don't watch every roman game just if they see the recent matches that roman played and then they watch roma torino when he comes on the last 20 minutes you can just see the clear difference when he's not on the pitch and when he's on the pitch it's a it's just such a different for this team the 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 levels roma play are much different when he's on the field and uh, another thing, uh, I'm glad you mentioned about him coming out firing. I think uh, the World Cup was actually positive for him. I do agree not playing a lot you know, to get re-injured was positive, but also scoring the uh, penalty goal and also uh, uh, a key uh, intervention on Mbappe in extra time was very positive. And I think just mentally... Uh, that really helped Dybala because, you know, what if he would have missed and they lost the World Cup? Imagine him coming back being all down that they lost the World Cup. It's just, it makes it even better for Roma that he comes back happy, that he played an important role scoring the PK. He did his job. He won the World Cup. He celebrated and even cut his vacation early just to come back and play. So he's really, really eager to go. And I'm just glad that there's that such a great connection between him and, and Roma. I completely, completely agree. Sam, to you, do you have a, a favourite or a standout moment of 2022? I have two myself, which I will say afterwards, but how about yourself? Since Joey used the word connection, I'm going to use the word connection to describe the semi-final of the Conference League against oh, uh, Leicester. Leicester. Yeah. Uh, the home match. Uh, the 1-0, you see the fans, full people singing. I've never felt the fans closer to the players and the coach, like there's a connection between everybody. I think that was a that was the, for me more than the final itself, believe it or not. That semi-final, what 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 it felt like I had a, a on my Spanish pot, you know, 
had a couple of guys that were in the stadiums. So they were trying to describe to me the, the feeling and the connection with the players that that match and 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 you can see it on TV, right? You can see it on the YouTube videos after people singing, people celebrating. I think for me that was the moment of the year. In Roma, I mean, Roma play a very professional semifinals, right? Mm-hmm. The tied away in the win at home. I mean, the Leicester players, for, I, I don't know if you you could see it. They feel overwhelmed by, by the, all the singing, the chanting the, at the Olympico. Um, I think that was the greatest moment of, of the year. Do you know, beforehand, I, I was in a queue looking to get tickets. I was never going to try and get tickets. Can you two guess how many thousands or hundreds of thousands of people were trying to log on to the Roman website and were in a queue just to get tickets to that semi-final second leg. 110,000? Joey, do you have a, a ballpark uh, number? 150? It was, I think it was between 110 and 113,000. Oh, wow. Just trying to get on to get to... I remember writing it for Planeta Roma, so yeah. I have an advantage. Yeah, I remember, I remember taking a screenshot and tweeting about it, and it went, not viral, but it. You know, I think it was a, at one point it was 113,500 were in a queue just to get a, a ticket for a, the Conference League semi-final, and the tickets went <laughs> went nuts. I think they were sold out in just I think maybe in an hour or two and they would they do it incremental where they do it to season ticket holders and then put it on general sale that was bonkers Sam that night was crazy because Roman take a 1-0 lead early through Tammy Abraham's header Leicester dominated at parts in the second half and then had that chance right near the end where James Madison who's amazing player um had that long distance effort just goes just swerved wide and then Mourinho on the touchline getting a bit mo- emotional saying this was for the fans not for me this is for the club and then Roma won the Conference League final against Feyenoord in in Albania it was just um it was not it was just I think an emotional evening um just to see what Roma have gone through in the last couple of years we got to the semi-final of the Champions League against Liverpool semi-final a year previously in the Europa League against Man United in that two crazy semi-finals where I think it was 7-5 and 7 no 7-5 against Man United and 7 no 8-5 and then 7-6 against Liverpool it was just good to get over the line Sam do you have any other favorite moments of the year was just the the soul the, the derby the win the derby win derby win, the derby yeah. win back in March that was solid performance too yes uh, that was part of the uh, the and we're going to talk about it probably the mm. loss against Juventus and that comeback you know the, mm. the right but that that derby too the that was I mean as you can see all the best parts were in the first half of the year yeah <laughs> <laughs> the first six seven months of the year um, I got a couple I've I've, I've got three uh, so. The derby win against Lazio, Totti's reaction when Pellegrini scored that free kick, he had that wry smile oh, on yeah, his yeah. face. Those think, okay, yeah, this derby's won after 35 minutes when Pellegrini scores that wonderful free kick after Tammy Abraham scores two in the first 20 minutes. Conference League win. Um, I thought after the, when I think it was Sil Dessers may have had a chance in the 95th minute. On the 94th minute, I was thinking, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then I realized as soon as, as that was over, Roma won their first trophy in 14 years. I can relax. 
after first the, ever international tournament, yeah, right? Because here's a Copa de las Ferias in the sixties, I think, but that wasn't that's not recognized by UEFA, right? This is the first yeah. international title. I mean, we lost the uh, Champions League in eighty four. We already know that. On that was birthday. the day I was born. I already told the story. Yeah, that day I was born. <laughs> that day was born. Crazy, right? That we lost that final, and then we lost in night. That was with um, obviously with Ago Agostino, mm. and uh, we lost the final in nineteen ninety. Was it with the UEFA Cup? One against one with Inter, yeah. right? With Inter, so, yeah. So this was it. So this is a big moment. A lot of Roma fans. Oh, it's just a conference, but this was a big moment. We will remember this moment in history. I think Joey Mancini's probably feeling the same way right now with Lazio in the in the Conference League. He was giving it the the biggins last season where Roma were in it. Now the roles are reversed, and Roma in the Europa League and Lazio in the Conference League. So I just not to... only our friend Jerry Iglitari. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. wasn't he saying? Wasn't he making fun of the, the Conference League last season? Yeah, he, something yeah. about an umbrella. Is that the quote that it, you probably? It's a trophy that you probably stick your umbrella in. Is that the quote you said? Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Uh, fools. Haha. <laughs> 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 a right smile. Um, my, my third one was um, going to watch Roma a couple of times this year. Uh, this year, sorry, we're in twenty twenty three. Last year, uh, I went to see them against Monza and Ludogorets. It's a Monza game. Tuesday night in August, it's absolutely roasting. I went with Sterling, who was over in Rome, and I was traveling around Europe for his job. It was absolutely boiling hot. Uh, it was like 30, 35 degrees. We got into the Curve Nord 20, 25 minutes before kickoff. The stadium was rocking. We were near the Monza away fans, uh, and Roma put in a clinic on 1-3-0. We got to see Dybala score twice, and Roger Banya score ahead of, late in the second half, but the atmosphere was amazing. Atmosphere amazing was in the Ludogorets game afterwards where it took me about 35 minutes to 40 minutes just to walk from the from the ground to my hotel, which is normally a 10-minute walk. It was like 60, 65,000 at both games. But yeah, that was just, uh, it was good to get back to watch Roma live. Yeah, I would urge anyone to do it in 2023 i know mateo who i had on the podcast in november is off to the bologna game on on wednesday and i'm slightly jealous i might try and go out in april uh if i've got some time off work to go over uh, but those were my highlights of 2023 uh, 2022 let's go to the low lights sam i'll start with you do you have any low lights of 2022 of roma in in all competitions I think we have to say it, right? The Juventus, the Juventus yeah. match early in the season. I mean, it sparked something good, right? Because the team woke up and they were in a 12, 11, 12 match unbeaten run, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, in all competitions, not just in Serie A. They, they pretty much, I think, up till Bodo Glimp beat them in the first leg of the quarterfinal. I think it was up to then. From January to yeah, well, it was a long stretch where the team kind of woke up after that after yeah. that uh, after that loss, but that loss was monumental, right? At one point, you were thinking, "Oh my goodness, we're beating them, we're beating them, we're playing nice. This game is not even not we have it under control." And all of a sudden, it was eight minutes, ten minutes, when everything went to to shambles, and 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 you started to remember everything every time that it happened through Roma's history, right? Like, I've been a fan for over 20 years. I can mm. think of many times where Roma had these kind of collapses. So it's just every few seasons you have those. So hopefully they start to disappear. Uh, but I think that's a low light. Um, that's my low light of the season. I mean, there were other there were other contenders as well. But uh, 
I mean, the good thing is that it sparked something positive, right? But that was a yeah. low light. That was, we we'll remember. Seven minutes from hell. It was <clears throat> Mattia Designo getting introduced on the 70th minute, and then. Didn't he score the winner? He scored the he winner. He scored the winner, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because uh, it was uh, Locatelli, 3-2, Morata, 3-3, and then Decidio 3-4. Pellegrini then missed a penalty late on, and I think he hit the bar and the rebound. Just a horrible last 20 minutes of the game. Roma dominated for 70 minutes and then just absolutely shut the bed for the last 20. And it was uh, the once in a couple of years, Sam, where you see a typical Roma collapse. We see them quite often, but I don't think we've seen... I think we've only seen one since where does Roma completely collapse against that. It was against Udinese. But yeah, it was just a horrific moment. But it did spark something good. Joey, do you I have? Think Scott, uh, I was just going to say, oh, yeah. I think we did lose the Coppa Italia yeah, game. Coppa Italia, yes. I don't know. Yes. I don't yes. know in quarterfinals, I was going to say that. Yeah, yeah. Inter won it. Yeah, uh, and it's funny. Inter, Inter was the one. If you don't count that, Inter was the one who beat, uh, who also beat our unbeaten run in Serie A because we had yeah. thirteen games unbeaten, and we just no, that no. that first half of the season, we just uh, sorry, second half of the season. First half of 2022, we just could not do anything against Inter. All three games against them, they were just, it was just poor performances. They beaten everyone every time we were on they a run. They beat they us zero the year, the earlier, earlier that season where we didn't show up at all. Yes, yeah. we were missing Probably Abraham. We're back to 2021, or a yes. contender at least. Yeah, we're Carl, missing Abraham. If suspended. You, yeah. That's right. We lost 3-0, then the Coppa Italia, then we go to the Miazza, and we lost, I think it was 3-1. Yeah. Mkhitaryan scored late, and that it just that season with Inter, I don't know. We just couldn't beat them at all. It's kryptonite. Um, yeah, Joey, that uh, was a good, good spot. I was just thinking, who did... Yeah, because we played, we played Lecce in the Coppa Italia just after Christmas, 1-3-1, and then played the inter was it early february i think it was and lost two nil that's right and then had a good run in Serie A and a good little run in the europa league and then we lost to bodo glimpse and then beat bodo glimpse again it was just i think that was just early april time beat Salernitana, beat uh sampdoria the week before Bordo again they drew yeah, the napoli yeah, in drew in napoli and then lost away inter yeah and then drew against bologna i think it was if my memory comes yeah. and then threw or That's not right. threw it away but then had that crazy game against venezia when roma had about 400 shots on goal and only drew one all um Danny, who comes on to the pod regularly, was also at that game. Was at that game, and knew I think Roma playing against ten men for about fifty minutes and just could not break them down. Um, and then beat three. Very frustrating match. Yeah. Um, so I digress. I apologize. Good spot, Joey. But do you have a, a low moment of twenty twenty two? Well, it's definitely. I'll I'll choose another because uh, Sam already mentioned the uh, the collapse against Juventus. That's got to be the lowest. Uh, that start of twenty twenty two was. You know, we started with Milan. It wasn't even Juventus, and we lost that game. So again, we lost. You know, to another top, uh, say six opponent. And then we lost to Juventus. That was that collapse was definitely a low light. I'll I'll also go with. I I guess the um, the run of games we've played in the last two months of twenty twenty two. Uh, considering all the signings, I know Dybala was injured and some injuries, but considering all the signings, the hype, 
just the last two months, we have not looked good at all, especially offensively. It's been dire. It's been pretty pretty bad to watch. Uh, so I'll go with definitely the last two months of this this attacking drought we've had. <laughs> that would be nasty match that we lost away. Yeah. That, that has to be a contender too. Yeah. Uh, now. The last two months is I feel like I want them back watching Roma. It's been painful to watch. I think me and you, Jerry, described it as a. Uh, it's it's hard to watch when we we recorded what three weeks ago and I thought me and him ran of not butted heads, but we like we vented on this podcast about the Roma's performance in the last two, three months. It's been hard to watch. I would rather go... Oh, the break in at the perfect time. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, yes. I would rather go to the dentist and go for a root <laughs> canal <laughs> and then watch the Roma in the last couple of months in Serie A. Uh, my one uh, was the Derby defeat in November. I think it's probably one of the worst Derby performances I've seen from Roma in a long time. I think they could be playing now almost three months later and still wouldn't score against Lazio. It was pathetic. We lost with a mistake. Yeah, Roger Ibanez coming out of defence with the ball, Felipe Anderson closing him and winning the ball high and then just scoring past uh, Rui Patricio. It was... No, it... To be honest, it was a horrible game of football. It was, it was very naive from both sides. I think they played in Europe the, the couple of days beforehand where Roma beat Ludogorets and Lazio lost in Feyenoord, uh, sorry, in Rotterdam against Feyenoord and got knocked down to the Conference League. But it was an, a horrific game of football. And along with that, uh, the Rick Carstop situation, I think that ended not greatly. Um, I don't know if he's going to stay or if he's going to go. I did read the report the other day that he's been going to be fined by the club for missing training, but that was a bit of a sour note to end 2022 and 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 the pathetic league run form, which has sort of put, I think, Roma at seventh now in the league. But if they win Wednesday and a couple of teams around them, they could be fourth going into the game on, on Sunday against AC Milan. But yeah, that last run of form in October and November has been hard to watch. The Derby defeat, it's just been a crazy little time for Roma in the last couple of months. But it's a new year. Hopefully it may be a new dawn. How about best player? Do you, do you guys have a best player of 2022? Uh, Jerry, I'll come to you first. I imagine it'd probably be a new sign-in, which may or may or not have lit up the Olympica a few times in 2022. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I'll just say, cause I, I guess, cause I'm biased for it. I'll go with Dybala. Uh, yeah. look, Pella, if, if I really wanted to be smart about it, I ha I would have to say Pellegrini because mm. he had such a good, um, well, first, first half of 2022, he played, you know, he was, he was instrumental for Roma, but I'll, I'll go with Dybala. I just find the game. He's, he's a little more of a difference maker and, you know, he pulled us through this long scoring drought and him being the only one scoring. So I got to go with, I got to go with Dybala. I second that. And I do agree with, um, I do agree with Pellegrini. I'm going to add Chris Smalling in as well, because I think he's been an absolute rock at the center half. And I, there's a part of me thinking he could have done a job for England in the world cup. If, 
alongside Tamor if he was what if he was called up. But I I agree. Uh, Dabala has been a, a massive shining light for a poor, an underachieving year for Roma. Sam, would you agree with me and Joey? Yes, but I'm gonna come up with a little podium, okay? Because Ooh, you guys already mentioned the names, so yeah. Because I'm gonna have uh, okay. So okay, podium, but I'm gonna start with the fourth uh, honorable mention. Cristante, because he gets a lot of stick by a lot of fans, but he does a lot of little things well. And he just needs another midfielder that complements him well, I think, in my opinion. Uh, is he going to be high ceiling, take you to the next level? No, but he does a lot of things well, and he's a very decent player, I think. So I'm going to say Cristante, honorable mention. Uh, and my podium would be number three, Lorenzo Pellegrini. If he were not for the injuries, he will be higher up in the in the rankings. But uh, he was named by Sofa Scores one of the best performers of the year. I mean, he had a, an unbelievable first half of the season pre-injuries. Um, Chris Smalling, obviously, as number two because our defense is one with him and one without him. He even makes he even makes uh, Mancini and Ibanez better, in my opinion, when he's around. So. Um, and then number one, Dybala, obviously, right? Mm. He, we don't have a big uh, thermometer, like not a lot of matches play, but when he played, he was a difference maker uh, by miles. So, yeah, I agree with you, Dybala. I have a stat on Lorenzo Pellegrini, and this was put forward on Twitter, I want to say just before the World Cup break by uh, Patrick Kendrick, the, uh, the commentator for, uh, who does the World Feed. Pellegrini hasn't scored a goal from open play since the Empoli game in October 2021. Mm. That's a long time. He's scored free kicks, penalties. He hasn't scored in open play, but I do I like... how many assists he has Ooh. since. Oh, I could have a look. What, in 2022 or just this season? Let's have a look. I am on transfermark.com. This is great filling for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> They have got the fixtures up, uh, squad, uh, full squad details. This is great podcasting. Yeah, sorry. I got uh, That's my site, but transfer market is good too. Detailed. Come on. You could probably. Well, what I can see over here in Serie A, in this season only, he has four assists in Serie A and three in Europa League. Okay, that's not so too bad. Only this half of the season. Uh, yeah. So that's not counting the first half. So those are not bad numbers. So he deserves to be in the podium. If we right. weren't for the injuries, yeah. And, and considering, yeah, Sam, I'm glad you brought up, considering the injuries he's had, he's also been playing with injuries. Maybe people don't notice, but he, before right. they, they ruled him out the last, uh, I think it was game or two, especially with Torino, he, he was playing injured and they kept mm. saying over and over, just Mourinho didn't really have anybody else. It's crazy. Do you know Dybala's got uh, seven goals in 12 games and played 816 minutes? And like Pellegrini's got four goals in 18 games. Has played. I think he's played the second most minutes this season. Um, Around 1,500 minutes. Oh, no. He's, oh, no he's, sorry. He's fifth. Uh, sorry. Chris Smalling has got 1,816 minutes. Rui Patricio has got 1,800. Roger Ibanez has got seven... 1755 Cristante. I love how they've got the Canadian flag underneath him as well because he's is he is he was he born in Canada, Joey? Uh, yes, he was, and mm. he just but he decided to. I was hoping he would choose Canada, but he 
he ultimately decided for Italy. Fair enough. Uh, he's got one six seven six. Mancini's got one six three three, and Pellegrini's got one five one nine. And uh, Tammy Abraham and Nemanja Matic are, are two behind. Uh, Abraham's got fourteen oh two in matches. It's got one one five five. So that's not too bad. Sorry, Sam. I think his um not to interrupt. I think his his one of his parents were born in Italy, not him. Okay. Ah, yeah, it was one of his parents. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, that's not a bad shout. Um, I wanna. I'm not gonna say worst player because that's another pretty- shout though. Before we move on, before we move on, yeah. before we move on, another shout. That I, that I think about right now, that we he's not on our squad, but Mkhitaryan, though. His first oh, half of God. the season was monumental. He was so oh, important. Yes. We're yes. still missing him. Yeah. We're still missing him. We thought we had that with like that connection, you know, between midfielders and forwards with Wignaldum, but Mkhitaryan. And on top of that, he changed positions to play a little bit deeper. He did yeah. it phenomenally. Right? We're still missing that we're still missing that piece, right? How much do we wish we had him, right? So uh so he deserves a mention too. I completely agree. I'm not gonna say worst player, because that'd be throwing players under the under the bus. What about underachieving players in the Roman squad in twenty twenty two? Um I I've got a couple. Um I feel sorry for him, but it's Andrea Bellotti. Um he looks a shadow of himself from where he was a couple of years ago at Torino. I know that injuries have caused him problems, um, but for me, he hasn't really done anything for Roma since his arrival. And it's, I think his Roma career summed up to date is with that penalty miss against Torino. I think that really sums it up. Um, how about you both? Um, Sam, I'll come to you first. I might say a controversial name, but I think for me, underachieving is Nicolas Aniolo. He's trying to do too much. He's not doing much. Okay, um, yeah. I think eventually he'll get there, but um, I think I think he needs to he needs to uh, he needs to take a step back a little bit. He's, he's hopefully after the break, you know, he comes out refreshed. Um, another name, I mean, and I think eventually Saniolo will be fine, right? Mm. Um, Leonardo Spinazzola. I know he comes back from a big injury. He, uh, and he needs time and all of that, but I, don't, I have a hard time. I have a hard time thinking he's going to be the same player as he was pre uh, Euros or mm. at the Euros when he was at his best, right? So, and good thing we have Saleski in there though, because that's very important. So, I I think Spinazzola. I'm in the fence of putting him in there because he he needs time, just like Saniolo needed time in the past seasons. He needs a little bit of time after that big injury, right? And obviously Velotti, yes, Velotti. Uh, Saniolo, uh, Spinazzola, it's my podium. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Uh, Joey, how about yourself? Uh, Sam said, mentioned one of them. Spinazzola was definitely my number one. Um, I know the injury, you know, it's an Achilles injury. It's a very serious injury. I thought he'd be uh, better than what he is now. Uh, I did see a recent interview with Mancini, the Italian coach, about how it can take a full year for him to really come back the way he was. So hopefully, you know, I hope he improves on his conditioning, but he's definitely been uh, disappointing so far. That's my impression too, his conditioning, right? I feel like he's aged a lot. Like he doesn't have that explosiveness, right, that he had. Yeah, he's been he's been slower. Um, I guess mm. I'll give a shout out to Meglin Niles. Like oh, he came God, in and yes. did nothing. Yeah. On my yeah. Spanish podcast, he was the winner. But I think I don't it's hard to count him though. He was like a ghost. He showed up a couple matches, but 
he didn't do much, right? And that's right. I mean, we don't know what goes on in training in the background besides, you know, what they put out on uh, on social media or games you watch. But if he wasn't starting much, or he must have not shown enough in training for him to get these minutes. And they just he just never was able to get enough minutes and play a vital role for Roma. And he just he disappeared. So definitely, definitely a shout out for me. It was just disappointing. I thought he'd come in, be versatile, you know, play a bit of midfield, a bit of right back to help Karsdorp. And I felt like we still had the same problem even after signing him. Uh, at least Chelik so far, you know, he's been just to compare with Chelik, like he's come in and he's played a, a much bigger role. Like he's given Karsdorp a break where Magnum Niles just never, ever, ever stepped onto the pitch for us. Yeah, no, oh, I agree yeah. with that. It's also harder to when it's a winter transfer, right? I think I, that's true. I'm allowed to criticize. I think I'm allowed to criticize a w- summer transfer a little more than a winter transfer. Right? Winter transfer, you're trying to fix things, but no, I agree with you. He was a ghost. Winter transfer is like I a think just- short-term fix, isn't it? It's just a, a quick plug where you've got six months. Where if it works out, you could probably extend it for another and make it permanent. If not, you can just send it back to the to his to it's their just parent club. Roma in the past. Angolan came in the winter mm. transfer, right? Yes, I did mean to interrupt Jerry. Oh, Angolan must be Oh, well, Sam mentioned Angolan as I think was actually one of the best mm. uh winter transfers we've ever had in Roma history. It's just uh, it an, so... made, made an impact right away. Oh, right away. But he knew the league. I mean, he was there before uh, so he knew it from playing in Calgary. Um, I was going to give a, a bit of a, I was going to mention maybe Kumbula, mm. uh, but it's hard. He hasn't played as many minutes, but every time he's on the pitch, I, I, I don't know. I don't feel like he makes the defense any better. He doesn't really push anybody out of starting spot, even when Mancini is injured. Uh, sorry, Mancini, sorry, plays reckless uh, the way he does and doesn't even have a good game. So, I don't find Kabula has been a competent backup for us. Even though he has his age, he's still very young. He can improve. He just never... He came with a heavy price tag, too. He came with a heavy price tag, mm-hmm. and he just never... I, I feel with that price tag, you should sort of, I don't know, beat maybe your competition, try to fight for a starting spot. Uh, I don't know if it's a Mourinho thing or just maybe Kabula. He just can never, ever break into the starting eleven. And uh, I mentioned it to Scott on our last. I've never been overly impressed with Kumbula, so I'll give a shout out to him as well. I don't think he's given the defense a break at all. And we stole him from Lazio, from Inter. Mm. One of them, remember? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mercedes as, as a part of the deal, and then twenty five plus million euros. So it's it's it's, it's an imp- we have amortized a lot of it by now. But it still came with a heavy price tag. Yeah, luckily, uh, Hellas Verona, if you remember, Sam, they uh, they took back uh, 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 Merton, the other um, the other Turkish. Merton, yeah. 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 yeah, that's right. They took him back as well, so kind of lowered the cost and some young guys. Luckily, that, that sort of helped Roma. They didn't have a director this year, so I was even surprised they got that done, but... I was happy when we signed him. I remember that we didn't have a director. You, Frida, and company were running the club. Were helping that's, run. The club that's right. I was. Time. I was really happy they signed him because I thought he did big things in uh, with Urich uh, uh, in Hellas Verona. But he seems like uh, a system player, so uh, that's what it's come down to with him. So I'll, I'll put Kambula. I'll put Kambula as part of the disappointing ones. I will just bring something on Ainsley Maitland Niles. He's actually on loan at Southampton at the moment, who are really struggling uh, in the Premier League. Uh, they look like they could be relegated. So uh, he's had a, quite a lot of loan moves recently. I think he's played at West Brom, 
um, Roma and now um, Southampton. Uh, so some very good shouts. I, I totally forgot about Maitland Nars for a little bit. On Nyngelen, I think that was one of the last... Do you remember the, the infamous co-ownership deals? I think it was a loan into a co-ownership deal and then Roma signed him permanently. I think it might have been the summer of 2015. Do you remember? Do you two remember the the, the legendary co-ownership deals, which I think the Walter Sabatini specials? Yes, where you can yes. get them on a quiet loan deal or a fifty fifty percent co-ownership deal, and yeah, the uh, the forgotten of the infamous co-ownership deals of the whoever watched Serie A in the early two thousands up to about twenty fifteen, where. There was a there was a lot of co ownership deals going on. I think we Not could put Ferrando and said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I think they went to a blind auction, so whoever bidded the, the highest or the lowest could get the player. And if yeah, I, I miss those days in Italian football. You get to see some crazy co ownership deals. Uh, we could do a podcast. A lot of Roma Primaveras went yeah. to a lot of them. I think yeah, a lot of them went through it. Didn't Pellegrini go on one to Sassuolo and then, or something like that? And then it got, they had a buyback and then whatever happened. Yeah, we could do a podcast on co ownership deals. Florenzi to Crotone as well. Yeah. Right? Oh. Sam, should we do one in the summer about co ownership deals? <laughs> Just to... <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. In the slow time, though, because right now it's a lot of football, but in the slow times, I'm down. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Um, breakout player. I think we may have. All three of us may have one. Um, mine's a Polish winger um, who's, I think, he's just taken to Serie A and to football in in Italy and, and across Europe and played in a World Cup. And he's only a, a wee baby. But my breakout player of 2022 was Nicholas Zaleski. I imagine you two. Uh, Jerry, I'll come to you first. Um, I have the same same opinion. Oh, definitely. Uh, there, I don't think we really had another great breakout young player. It has to be Zaleski. Yeah, it's very hard to make that jump from Primavera to the first team, mm. right? As we all know. And he did it. He came in when we needed him. He didn't come in because, oh, you know, Zaleski, he's ready. He's the next guy coming out. He came in because we needed him. And he, stick, he stuck around. He showed, he showed up that he was good enough. And, and that's it. I mean, he takes it. I mean, there's no debate in there. He also technically switched position. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Because isn't he technically like a number 10 slash left winger? That's right. Yeah, and under Mourinho, he's been playing as left wing back slash left back. But I'd like to see him play further upfield. That could be quite interesting. If Jose decides to switch to a four... Excuse me. Oof, I think he will struggle a little bit more as a left back. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he'll be playing left back. I think that will be. I think Spinazzola will struggle there as well. Yeah. But we'll see. I think he, I could see Zaleski playing as a left winger going forward if Jose decides to go to a, a four-two-three-one or a four-three-three. That could be quite interesting. Um, I don't really have any other topics, but I did. We did mention this pre-pod. I'm on the 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 wonderful transfer mart website and i've got the annual Serie A table of 2022 uh it's full of 23 teams most of them are in Serie A, but that does include Genu- genoa calori and venezia who are now sadly in Serie b um the worst team in 2023 
2022, sorry, that's the second time I've done this, so sorry, uh, is Cremonese with seven points. The leaders in 2021, uh, 2021, 2022, bloody hell, Scott, English, calm down, it is Napoli. Roma in six after 34 games, 58 points, 16 wins, 10 draws and eight defeats. Lazio are fifth with 63 points. Juventus is uh, fourth with 67 Inter a third with 68. Their cross city rivals, AC Milan, who won Serie A last season, are second with 77 points. And Napoli and the Spalletti are, are flying. Um, question for both of you Is this an underwhelming or an underachieving year in Serie A for Roma under Jose Mourinho? Or this is what we expect f- from Roma now and maybe going forward? And this is what we expect in general with Roma and Serie A. I know some, some people might call this pointless, but this is what Roma have done in the year of 2022 in, in Serie A. Um, Sam, I'll start with you first. Um, it's hard to gauge for me too, um, the whole year, because it's half of the last season, half of the new season, mm. right? Um, listen, 2022 will be remembered as the year we got a, title, a European title. So it can be too negative despite the last six months, right? That's how we'll, that's how we will remember it. Um, if I had to, let's say, if I had to give, um, if I had to give a, a rate, a, a grade to this season from one to 10, how will we even do it? Like half, first half of the season, second half of the season. The only thing that I came up with the first half of the season, my grade would be 9.5, not 10 because we didn't make Champions League, but we won a title. And the second half of the season, a little bit underwhelming. I'll give it a 6.5 because I guess technically we're still in the race. That gives us what? 16 divided by 2, 8 because we had a title. That's the best I can do for, for, for the year, which is very positive, A, right? But the, the, I don't know. The, the, what do we see as going forward? I think, I think, I think, I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> It's, it's a tough one, but we have players coming back. We have players coming back. Again, it's going to need a little bit more time. Hopefully, Wignaldum. I'm very, very excited about Wignaldum coming back because that midfield is something that needed to get fixed. Um, I'm very positive. There is still that connection. You know that connection I was talking about earlier on that match in Leicester? That connection will continue all year, all year long, right? And we as Roma fans, we're living it right now. Every match, I mean... Every match for Roma is getting sold out. The stadium is packed every match. There is a big connection between players, between coach, between fans. You know, you might not be the big. We might not. Some of us might not be. Might not be the biggest Mourinho fans out there. But we gotta give it to the. the, the, the everything seems to be united. A big connection, and you can see it on the stands on match day. So I, I'm still positive. Uh, looking at the big picture, looking at the freakings, we have great ownership. Uh, I'm still, I don't know how long Mourinho is going to stick around, but I'm enjoying Mourinho. I might not love his tactics, but I'm enjoying Mourinho. He needs to start getting some results on the pitch mm. now, right? So we need to start, we need to make Champions League, man. And we think, need to, uh, it will be beautiful if we can win the 10th the, the the Copa, Euro right? Copa, the, yeah. the, 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 silver, the silver star in the Maglia next season. I've been wishing for that. I have a low hate, love hate relationship with that tournament because we used to be. Used to be contenders every year, and in the last ten years, nothing. So, uh, but that will be nice to have. It's a wonderful trophy. Um, I'm sort of with you. Um, I do find the results have been like very hit and miss. Like, look good away. Inter play poorly against Lecce and win. Play poorly against Sampdoria and win. 
struggle against Napoli, the Rome derby, but I think the fixtures that Roma have got next, like Milan after the Bologna game, AC Milan away, Fiorentina at home, Spezia and Napoli. If Roma can pick up a couple of wins and manage to get something against Milan and Napoli, I'll be happy. But we have to wait and see because injuries have, have hindered this team a little bit. But, um, Jerry... The same thing striking distance, right? Yeah, yeah. Just I'm, I'm looking at the table and it's crazy. If Roma win... And then Atalanta and Inter, and maybe Lazio, fail to pick up points on Wednesday. Roma, Roma will be on thirty points, the same points as Inter and Lazio, and it's 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 crazy. It's just Lazio. I think when they won the Rome derby, they elevated themselves into the top four. And I know because Juventus have been on this crazy run where they haven't conceded that much, and they've just won the games one they were playing Allegri ball like they've conceded seven goals all season in Serie A and scored 24 and that's in 15 games where Roma have only scored 18 but conceded 14 it, we need to be a more attacking potent threat in the latter half of this season and going into 2023 that's my only wish um Jerry how do you find Roma in 2022 in Serie A because the table doesn't lie they're the seventh but Overall, for the whole year, kind of the year, they're six with 58 points. It's not great. It's been a little bit underwhelming. Or do you expect, or is that where you expect Roma to be at the moment? It's a, it's a little, it's a little underwhelming. I mean, this is the Roma, I would say the Roma theme or what they're known to do. They're inconsistent. And that's what the calendar year showed us. There's been some ups and there's been some, some downs. If you look at the overall table, yeah, it's a little underwhelming. But Sam mentioned it, right? There's a bit of a transition. We went from one season to another. We also made a lot of changes from, and we expected new signings to come in, have an impact. But the problem, injuries have happened. So uh, that part, I mean, that's part of the game. And just obviously, it's a Roma thing to have a bunch of injuries and rely on, you know, second and third tier options. But it's hard. And I, I try to use Sam's uh, thinking of giving a grade I would have gave it, you know, the conference league and the second half with the unbeaten run. Uh, even though there was some underwhelming games, I would have given that more of like an eight because to me, making Champions League a little more important. But then you look at this first half of the season and I would give them like a six. So maybe like an overall seven. And Scott, when we look at the transfer market the table, one of the glaring negatives of this to me, I, I looked at, Yes, the standing and they're that they're below, you know, the top f- five of the top teams. The goal difference is something that just it's just something that stood out to me right away. They had they have a, a plus ten goal difference yeah. in thirty four games, and then you look at the top five. You have nineteen. Uh, uh, you have a twenty nine goal difference, twenty seven, thirty, thirty four, and forty seven with Napoli. It just that that part is just underwhelming for Roma. It just uh, you know what may, maybe this goes back to me giving a I'll give a shout out to Chris Smalling from our earlier topic because that defense has held the fort because offensively they just they've been really underwhelming. So I, I gotta say ups and downs, inconsistent. That's just normal Roma way. That goal difference is Abraham. Abraham is, some, is an example of that too. We, we is, failed yeah. to mention him in this episode. Like great first half of the season and not so great and, second. 
you know what, Sam, if he did, if Abraham did continue, even did half as well as what he did in the first half of 2022 in this new season, I would have definitely given him a shout out as one of the better Roma players. Just those performances in 2022, everything he missed, me and Scott talked about his miss against Verona uh, last pod we did, that miss against, it's, I still see the image of it, it is horrific. How how he missed that chance, and he's missed a bunch of those. Atalanta, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's just so many. We can go on. We can have a uh, Scott. We should have our own episode of <laughs> how many misses we've had, so we can go for an hour. Uh, but yeah, just he has struggled too. Remember at the yeah. end of the end of last year, and then he came back strong this year. So hopefully he'll do the same. That's the hope, and that's the hope for twenty twenty three. Is that with these players coming back? Why now them? Um, I hope so. Back and again, yeah, uh, I don't think it'll be an instrumental piece. I look forward to seeing him maybe just having a positive impact. Um, I saw Mourinho finally switch to a four man defense. Um, against uh, I know it was a friendly, but against uh, RWC, uh, the team that they won 3 0, the last friendly, it looked it was a friendly, but it looked positive because when they played Kazapia. And then they, uh, and then their second game, uh, they played. Sorry, they played Cadiz, and it was just horrific to watch that three-man defense. Maybe Mourinho has things to change tactically. I don't always love him tactically as well, like you mentioned, Sam. But it's been enjoy. I've been enjoyed watching him. But maybe, you know, maybe with the new players, players come back, he will switch to something more attacking, which could help Roma do better in twenty twenty three. 46 goals scored in the calendar year in Serie A. That's quite underwhelming. I think James on our WhatsApp group says we Roma's attack has been very underwhelming in the latter half. I think it's 18 goals scored this season. And you see teams like Napoli, like Napoli just playing wonderful football in the streets ahead of most teams in this league. And it's it's quite quite demoralising when we see it week in week out since October where there's been no attacking threat at all Sam and I do want to uh, sorry Scott and Sam I do want to mention like I, I don't even look I do look at their, those teams but then I look at Hellas Verona only scored three less goals than Roma in a calendar year and Salernitana only scored five to me that 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 that's the part that worried me the most mm. is how these teams are, are so close to us in an attacking sense when we have guys like uh, Zaniolo, Dybala, uh, Abraham, Pellegrini, and we're 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 near their levels more than we are near Napoli, Inter, AC Milan, even Juventus, who you know have been playing Allegri football, has scored uh, has scored more than we have. So uh, I'm just I'm just more hoping for more goals and a better performance in 2023. Fingers yeah, f- mm-hmm. fingers crossed. Sorry, Sam, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, so yeah, I I agree. I agree. I mean, because uh, on actual goals, we don't have them. Expected goals, we're probably oh. near the top of the table. Yeah. So I mean, that's we need po- to convert them into actual goals. Yeah, Jerry, <laughs> we could do a podcast I, um, on. I didn't XG want to be the one that brought up the war expected goals, but I did. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's all right. That Jerry, you can add that to your your podcast list. We could do expected goals because that's a topic we have to talk about on social media in the last three months with uh, a, a particular fan base. Um, do you guys have anything to else to add on twenty twenty two? And probably my final question is: What's your hopes for Roma in twenty twenty three? 
Uh, I, go ahead. Go ahead, Joey. Oh, I was just going to make, Scott, I was going to make a joke first. Uh, we've been 51 minutes on the podcast and it's the first time we mentioned about XG. So oh, God. we made it. <laughs> We made it really, really far. For, I was uh, I, I, that was unexpected. I, I thought someone would have mentioned it earlier. Yeah. Um, so for ex, for expectations of twenty twenty three, I do think Roma will do better. I'm still sticking with my prediction that they will end fifth. Um, I really do want Mourinho to switch to that four back. I know I keep mentioning it, but the way we played that last friendly, I thought they did very well, even without DiBala. They look very cohesive the way they're playing uh, football. Um, hopefully the rumors are true that they want to switch to it. I think they will give us more options. You were mentioning maybe Zalewski a little more forward. Uh, you know, Pellegrini can help play part of the two or even behind Abraham, but we know Dybala might play there as well. You have Sobakin, who's more of a natural winger. And even Zaniolo, he's looked much better as a winger in a 4-2-3-1 than he is as a supporting striker in a three four two one, so I think playing him a little more out wide would be better suited for him. Uh, so I have better expectations for twenty twenty three. I don't think we'll have the same amount of injuries. I think they will improve, but ultimately, I think they will just miss out on Champions League. But uh, very close to the end though of the season, so they'll make a good run for it. Going to put us through the heartbreak again, are you, Joey? Going to make us go uh, through the biting you, nails. Joey? Yeah, it's true. You've got to have, you've got to uh, suffer as football fans, haven't we? Um, Sam, what's your hopes for 2023? Stay within striking distance of Champions League until mm. late March, and then we'll see if we can make that final push, right? But I, I, I'm going to be very cautious, too. Because I'm not ready to say we can, we're going to make Champions League uh, either. Um I like to make Champions League. Obviously, uh, it's very, the other teams. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I trust this Roma to be consistent enough. Well, I guess we'll see. This January will tell us a lot because there is a lot of football coming up. Um, let's have a good January because remember, in the, in the, in the last decade, January, February's haven't been haven't been very kind to us too. That's where usually when our period of, of bad matches come. So hopefully we don't have that this year, uh, and it all stays positive, right? Fingers crossed. Remember, in Serie A, teams have only played 15 games, so we've got still got 23 league games left to go in right. in six months. The season ends in the first a week. A lot of, of football. Yes, yeah, a lot of football. Uh, remember, Roma have got Coppa Italia, and they've got the Europa League against Red Bull Salzburg of Austria, and I think they've got, is it Genoa next Thursday? In the Coppa Italia, so it's, there's going to be a lot of football coming up in the Genoa, next, right? Yeah, in the next six months. Um, I'm going to text message to my friend. Ah, uh, yes. The new owners of Genoa. The new, the new owners of Genoa. The, yeah. the son is actually my friend. And they've recently appointed Alberto Giladino, who's their new coach. Um, and I think he's had a good start. I think he's hit three wins and one draw in four games. I think that's the stats, and they've, and they've, done, they've done okay. So next Thursday could be quite interesting. You coming back to Serie A soon? I haven't seen who's top of Serie B. I would just have a look. Um, they have to be because they could. Um, they really. Well, they're third in Serie B right now with 33 points. So at least they're is first. Yeah. Oh, it's a Roman team. Frosinone is from yeah, Roma. Yeah, it's a Roman team. Yeah. That's right. Oh, God. So, yeah, Frosinone, Regina, Genoa, Bari, Pisa, Parma, 
It'll be great oh. to see Bari, though. a great oh. football town, big stadium, big that, fan base. I love that stadium. They recently had uh, 50,000 uh, people at their, their game, right, during the holidays? Yeah, they I, played... I kept bo- seeing it over social media. They played Boxing Day. Um, they played Genoa, and they uh, Genoa won 2-1. Uh, ah, George Puskas scored, and uh, Albert Goodmanson, and uh, is it Walid Chadira, who played in the World Cup for Morocco, scored? Yeah, I would love to see Bari back in Serie A. I'd like, if you see the Serie B table, I know we're digressing, but <laughs> Frosinone, ex Serie A, Regina, ex Serie A, Genoa, ex Serie A, Bari, ex Serie A, uh, Pisa, I don't, I don't think they played in Serie A recently. Parma, who are six, have played in Serie A. Ascoli, who are ninth, they've played in Serie A. Modena, Calari, who are 11th, have just appointed um, Claudio Ranieri. You've got Brescia, Palermo, Benevento, Como, Spal, Venezia, Perugia, and they've all played Serie A. Perugia used to be one of the regulars too yeah. in the 90s. Yeah, yeah, they're in the relegation zone. The Cosenza, Cittadella, Perugia, Venezia, who were in Serie A last season, are 17. Spal, Como, Benevento, Palermo. I would love to see Palermo back in Serie A. Me too, Palermo. Yeah. Would be the one. And then I know they're not in Serie A. Remember the fan term about Perugia? Remember that player that knocked out Italy of the 2002 World Cup? He used to play for Perugia. Remember that? Yes. Uh, Oh, and the president fired him or something? Fired him, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, what was his name? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Korean, I don't know. Korean guy. Yeah. Um, well, this is great podcasting. It's dead air. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, I think, I think his name was An Hun something. Uh, uh, oh, my God. Long hair with the, fang, with the bangs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Han Hung Hwan. There you go. Yeah, he scored. It was a good header as well. Uh, and um, yeah, that was that infamous Perugia. Uh, who was the owner? Um, oh, oh, man. His, he got his son to play as well. Not his son. They got Gaddafi's son to play as well. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, was it Gauchi? Exotic Lu- guy. I, I forgot. I Luci- Luciano Gauchi. That was it. Yeah. Sadly passed hey, away yes. in 2020. Um he sacked um, the Anjuan Juan uh, after the golden goal. Didn't he wanted women to play in sh- shorter shorts? Uh, yeah, uh, we'll, we won't talk about that, but no. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of stories. Huh? A lot of stories, but yeah. Um, Serie B could be quite interesting. I know we're, we're talking off topic, but Genoa could be going up. There is there's probably a lot of football left to play. Whoever doesn't watch Serie B. Genoa should be back, man. They're, they're, they deserve to be in Serie A. What, if get to May or June, the playoffs in Serie B are quite entertaining. That's all I'm going to say. Um Guys, do you have anything else to add? We thought we've gone almost an hour. Sam, you wanted us to keep it under an hour, but uh, do you guys have anything else to add? No, uh, I'll give one shout out because um, we were talking about. I guess it's not really a best player, but I, I got to give it to the Freakins owner, and maybe they're just it's it's a hope for twenty twenty three. They just signed a recent de- multi year deal uh, for sponsorship uh, for their jerseys on the back of their jerseys, and just. You know, they've been trying to do business in Japan. That was the whole reason for the friendlies. And I think they're really making it an effort to grow the brand and the team to make Roma a better team, uh, make them a better team in, in just in general. So hats off to the owners. Oh, yeah, totally. Absolutely. And the grand you know, thing is, if you look at the big pictures, I mean, you you got to feel 
some will come right with with the ownership that we have. Like they're doing, they're working hard for the team, right? P- Pietralata to try to build the stadium in Pietralata. I know they're gonna go through a lot of layers, but I mean, I I, I feel more confident in them building the stadium than than the previous ownership. That's for sure. Same, you know. So they just seem more professional. So that's what Roma needed. All I'm gonna say is Stadio della Roma. That's all I'm gonna say. Gonna keep quiet about that because that's never gonna happen. I'm more hopeful that Roma could get a new stadium under the Freakins than I have under previous owners. And hopefully there may be a spade in the ground in the next year or two. And there may be a site where there's no bureaucracy, no blue tape and no waiting around. One like Stadio della Roma was what, 12 years ago, something like that. Yeah, Sam? It, was, it was announced back in or when they were on a, on a, on a trip on a, to Orlando. Mm. Uh, I think want to say 2011, 2012, somewhere yeah. around there. I actually have a picture with a with a CEO from back then, Italo Sansi in Orlando. Um, that yeah, so that's been a long time. That didn't work out. Didn't Palota wanted to? Ha- he wanted to have a big shopping mall. Mm. Yeah, he, he wanted towers. People, yeah. people, he wanted people to throw their ashes in the stadium. He wanted to make a big thing over there. He ended up doing nothing. Did he want a hotel as, as well there? Or hotels near the ground and like shopping centers, shopping malls, maybe a yeah. line, train line or lines. Whoever's been to the Stadio Limbico, just say the traffic and trying to get to the ground if you're in the city center. I mean, you just got to walk, be angelical. Just walk, yeah. walk, be angelical up north. And that's all you got to do. If you try to take tax or something, not good. No, I, d- I did that on my first trip to Rome and it cost me a lot of money and it was like four miles away. Yeah, well, I usually stay, when I go to Rome, I stay in Pratic, which is close to the Olympico. I just walk up and down. Yeah, up. I stayed Ponte Milvo and that's literally a 10 minute walk. And there's a couple of nice hotels and restaurants around that area. And that's like a 10, 15 minute walk and you get to see uh, the river. Um, I've, I've been advised not to stay there if you go for a Rome derby. Uh, I actually got advised by some mates and by a uh, a waitress who spoke perfect English as she stayed in London for six years. And she told me, don't come into the Ponte Milvo on Lazio Roma or Roma Lazio because it's deadlock. They, they, they shut the streets off. It's pandemonium and it's chaos. Yep. And yeah, just don't do that. But yeah, that's that's my hope. Just for yeah, don't go don't go to a derby if you don't know what you're doing. Basically, yes, yeah. Keep exactly. aware. Keep aware where you're going and that. I like to see uh, a new stadium in the next couple of years, guys. Thank you very much for joining me, Sam, Joey. It's been an absolute pleasure. We've rambled on for just over an hour. Um, Absolute it's pleasure. Nice to be behind the mics, though. I usually edit every episode. It's nice to be behind the mics for a change. So I'll try to make it. Try to make an appearance more often. It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah. It's been glad to have you on. And Jerry, you're it's your second appearance in a row, and you're more than happy to come on again in 2023 and even further on into the in, into the years. I like I always tell you, uh, Scott. I'd be happy to come discuss Roma anytime. Discuss Mourinho, XG, the ups <laughs> and the downs. I'm, I'm always sorry about that XG, man. Uh, we are going to do. <laughs> I'm regretting it. My, I hate that word. My aim for 2023 for doing La Magicast is doing a podcast on XG and a <laughs> podcast on co-ownership deals in the past for Roma and in general in Serie A because that's a topic I want to talk about. And we've also got to do, when with James and when we've got time, is to do uh, 
our second episode of Roma in the 90s because it it's been six oh, months. Oh, that was so much fun. Yeah, I'm yeah. waiting for the second part of it. Yeah. yeah, I was planning to do it a couple of weeks ago, but sadly I had the spicy cough. But yeah, we will do a podcast on XG. We will do a podcast on Tammy Abraham's missus. Me and Joey will, will be doing that and we'll do a podcast on co-ownerships. Roma in the 1990s, we could do a podcast on football kits, you name it in Italy. We name it. We could do anything. You know what would be a good topic? Our Primavera players. What yes. happened to them in the last yes. 20 years? You know, yeah. we are some of them that were very promising and didn't go anywhere. You know, I'm gonna, before we go, before we go, yes, you know one that I had high hope for, high hopes for and didn't pan out? Federico Viviani. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh, wow, that's a, that's yeah. a blast on the past as well. Yes. Yeah. But anyways, I don't want <laughs> That's a that's a topic that's a topic for another podcast. Too. We could put it, forgotten Primavera players, but yeah, uh, <laughs> we digress. Uh, you can follow us at themagicast.com. You can find all our previous podcasts on the website. You can find us on all podcast platforms: Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spot, uh, uh, TuneIn. I, I forgot. I haven't done this in a while, so apologize <laughs> if I'm rusty. All the major podcasting yeah, platforms. Yeah, all the major yeah. podcast platforms. Serie A is back on Wednesday. Roma is back on Wednesday against Bologna. And then on Sunday against AC Milan. We will probably be back, hopefully, maybe Thursday or later on in the week. And then previewing the game against AC Milan and then doing the reviews. We'll be back to a regular schedule after being off for almost eight weeks. It's been it's been a while. Um, Joey, Sam, first podcast of 2023. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Pleasure. Thanks so much. Pleasure. Thank you so much, Scott. Hopefully, we will start 2023 with a bang, with a win over uh, with Thiago. I nearly said Fabio Grosso over Thiago Motta's, um Bologna side. I'm going to end on this. Rest in peace, Denisa Mihailovic. You will be missed. Ciao. Yes. Yeah. Ciao. Ciao.